0: Well, we're going to kick the show off with something you just heard in the newscast. We've been telling you about this story uh, over the past few hours. And it's the fact that the Department of National Defense has awarded a grant to a University of Alberta professor to gauge the extent of white supremacy in the Canadian Armed Forces. Now political scientist Andy Knight will assess how entrenched radicalization, anti-Semitism, xenophobia and anti-black sentiments are in Canada's military and come up with suggested policy to respond. Professor Knight joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show, Professor.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Julian.
0: How did this? How did this come to be? How did it? How did this? How did this start? That um, this contract was awarded to you. Give me the background on it.
1: Well, you, you probably remember the convoy protests that happened in Ottawa. Um, that blocked the entire city for for almost a month or, and a half or so. Um, I was in uh, at Yale University in New Haven at the time, uh. and um, on a Fulbright fellowship. Uh, it's Fulbright uh, distinguished professor in international area studies. Um, and when I was there, I, I was involved with some uh, consultations with the Department of National Defense. Uh, about the nature of uh, extremism, uh, the nature of extremism, which appears to be infiltrating militaries across the world, particularly in the Western countries. Um, the United States is not an exception to this, and Canada is also not an exception. Um, so we got into talking about this, and, and then uh, they they said... Um, I, I probably have uh, probably the right person to <laughs> do a deep dive into, into this problem within the Canadian military that they were seeing themselves. Um, a number of white supremacists had found themselves in the Canadian military, um, uh, and, and there were some studies and reports that were done. Uh, WHICH CLEARLY INDICATED THAT THE the NUMBERS WERE INCREASING Um, AND I WANTED TO DO A a DEEP DIVE INTO THIS AND and I DID A a PROPOSAL FOR THEM WHICH RESULTED IN GETTING THIS GRANT. Um, SO NOW THE TASK IS NOW TO TRY TO UNDERSTAND THE EXTENT OF WHICH uh, THERE IS THIS um, this is the concerning problem within the military.
0: And, and I think that's the, uh, you know, you talk about the extent of it. Um, yeah. That is is really key here. Because I think there's about 95,000, 97,000 members in the Canadian Armed Forces. And I think some of the latest numbers uh, that I read, uh, there was, what, 143 complaints in 2020 um, about right. uh, extremism. I mean, that, when you take a look at it, that's a tiny, 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 uh, you know, number. Compared to the overall yep. um, number of members in the, in the Canadian Armed Forces. And I'm, I'm wondering if, um, you know, I think it's important that we find out um, just how mm-hmm. far it is. But I, I also wonder if there's concern about painting everybody with the same brush.
1: Well, yes, I am, and I'm very careful about this. As a researcher, uh, you don't want to go into a research project like this um, with any preconceived ideas. And therefore, I'm going into this with an open mind uh, to see what we, we can find. Uh, the very fact that the top bra- brass of the military is concerned about it um, raises some alarms, I think, for anyone who is a Canadian citizen because the military is supposed to be there to protect uh-huh. Canadian people. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you, if you think that there are individuals within the ranks... Uh, who may have ideologies that go against the, uh, you know, the, 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 the make-up of Canada, which is a very diverse country, as you know, um, then you have to be concerned. And uh, so the question is how to what extent um, is this a problem? How deep is the problem? How wide is the problem? So I think that the study will try to bring that out. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think that we should paint everyone with the, the same brush because not all members of the Canadian military um, have those kind of of, of sentiments Um, but if there are a few uh, within the
0: that some of the top military leaders had um, had have uh, talked to you uh, about this. We know that uh, the Chief of the Defence Staff, uh, uh, General Eyre, has brought up his concerns about this in numerous interviews over the past couple of years because there's been cases that have been in the media that we know about. You have mm-hmm. access to some of those top leaders. Um, you know, what is that going to look like, and how are those conversations going to differ from maybe, you know, uh, a sergeant or a, a troop on the floor.
1: Yes, I, you know, I think there may be a difference in terms of how the top brass sees uh, the situation compared to the rank and file. Um, and of course, you know, the, the military is a very top-down, a kind of hierarchical institution. Um, but I, but the fact that there are central people in the, in the command structure who are interested in finding out more about this is, is I think, very important uh, for the research. Um, I'm getting some some uh, uh, letters and notes today. In the last forty hours, actually, from individuals who who are either active members of the military now in in lower ranks um, or uh, S-military, and they're saying that the problem may be bigger than we think. So that, again, that raises the issue, you know, should we, we have to look at this and see the extent of which this is really a, a concerning problem for, for for the Canadian government, the Canadian state of Canadian people. And
0: Professor Knight, I, you know, you uh, you did that presentation to DND officials last fall, um, you know, drawing attention to it and, and uh, as a result now you're going to be doing this, uh, this investigation, this report into it. I know that you said that you wanted to go into it. You obviously go into it as a researcher with an open mind but Mm -hmm. you know in 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 the work that you've done already uh, even though it's Mm -hmm. preliminary is there anything that stands out um, to you about why possibly um, the military could attract people with these with these views and ideologies
1: well, you know, not a lot of research has been done in Canada on this topic, but uh, there is research done um In the United States and Germany and other countries, um, which indicate that maybe there is a problem with the culture of the military, that there's a certain culture that the military uh, has created over over time, historically over time. Um, You you, you hear about the the warrior culture, for example. Mm. The white male warrior culture is very, very (laughs) central to uh, the image that the the military gives out. but I, I think this is, to me, uh, the very first start. We have to look at the, mm-hmm. the literature, mm-hmm. the, the primary sources, the secondary sources uh, that have dealt with this in the past and see the extent to which Canada lives up to that kind of reputation. Um, my sense is, is going to be, you know, we're going to be a little different from the United States, but at the same time, um, we can't be, uh, you know, smug about mm-hmm. <laughs> our situation in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lot of times where we sort of sweep a lot of things onto the carpet rather than deal with it up front and I think now is the time to start to deal with this up front because this is becoming a wider spread problem across society not just within the military establishment.
0: We've heard the word uh, culture uh, a lot when it comes to the military and certainly the Canadian Armed Forces over the past number of years um, you know on a, on a different uh, but very important topic as well when it comes to uh, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct mm-hmm. and, and trying to change the culture of the canadian armed forces and in part of the report that you're going to do is going to you know recommendations for change also probe while the policies mm-hmm. to affect culture change have been um you know as you would uh, that has been said you know fairly Ineffective. What is you know, it, do you believe, about the culture of the military that has been so very difficult then to change across the board on these major issues?
1: Well, you know, I I've been watching with interest uh, the situation uh, with gender, uh, the gender inequalities and, and sexual um, problems within the, the military, sexual um, assaults and so uh-huh. on within the military. And we notice that uh, there is a tendency sometimes for the military to close ranks around mm-hmm. individuals who might, be, who might be charged with these kinds of crimes. Um, and, and I think this is one of the challenges that you have with dealing with the military as an, as an institution. Uh, there's a tendency to close ranks. There's a, there's a hierarchical system, the top-down system. Um, the individuals know where their place, for example, within the military. There's a tendency as well within the culture of the military and not just Canadian the military, but other militaries as well, um, not to want to change <laughs> uh, from established practices. So th- th- there's a tendency to sort of hold on to the status quo and resist any attempts at change. So. I can see the reasons why there was such difficulty of trying to deal with those sexual misconduct cases in Canada, and I think this is linked to the, the issue of systemic and institutional racism as well, that continues to pervade within institutions like the military, but also like the police force, um, and in some cases even institutions like universities. You know, there's there's a kind of a uh, 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 sometimes unhidden, uh, a hidden sort of um, uh, way in which. Uh, these things are, are 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 not really exposed to people mm. until until something clears up, and um, and then you hear about it. Um, so I think we, we have to be concerned uh, that we're not sweeping things under the carpet, and that we're dealing with these matters that are of so import, such importance right now to the Canadian society and to the Canadian state.
0: Professor Knight, one more question for you before I let you go. I know you've had a busy day doing a lot of different interviews. Um, how optimistic are you Um, and I know this is you know this is the very beginning you have a year to finish um, your work here how optimistic are you though given the fact that you know you gave your presentation to D&D officials last fall they uh, encouraged you to submit the proposal it's been approved here you go the work has started Um, how optimistic are you that at the end of the day, these recommendations that you eventually hope to put forward, uh, something might be done about them? Because we have seen certainly, you know, over when you take a look at the sexual misconduct uh, inquiries and investigations over the past number of years, it looks like they have, well, just starting now after 15, 20 years, starting to be acted on. what's your thoughts on that because i'm not sure that we can wait that long
1: yeah, you're right, and I think you know cultures are difficult to change in any in any circumstance. Um, military culture is even more resistant to change, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we've had those long periods of waiting between the time that charges are laid and, and the time and, and getting some redress for these charges. So I, I suspect that um, even with the recommendations I make, um, it will take some time before they can be enacted. Um, but but I think what we need to do we can't. Say just because we know that there's resistance to change, that we'll do nothing about it. Um, so I, I believe that if we get the the help of senior administrators within the military, Department of National Defence, and senior uh, military officials within the Canadian Armed Forces, if we can get their support um, on on, on br- enacting these changes, I think we might see some movement yeah. in the right direction. And,
0: and I believe that we do have um, some of the right leaders in. Uh, in in yeah. the right positions and I do believe that our younger generations uh, in the middle you know the, the people coming up and through now are are more open to change, right? I think time, you know, obviously times are changing, things are changing, yep. and, uh, you know, change is hard, change is difficult, and I, I, I think it doesn't matter where you work, um, oftentimes there's resistance to change, so it'll be fascinating yep. to see the, uh, the outcome of your report. Uh, Professor Knight, I look yep. forward to talking to you again in about a year's time. Thank you for
1: this. Thank you, Jolene. I'm, I'm happy that you had me on today. Thank you very much.
0: Take care, uh, Professor Andy Knight, who is um, going to be doing this report. The Department of National Defence has awarded this grant to a U of A professor to gauge the extent of white supremacy in the Canadian Armed Forces. And I think, and I'm just, I'm just going to say this: the fact that the DND has gone outside of itself to take a look, to have someone take a look inside and evaluate the issue is a good move.